Rach, I can smell your hair from here. What? Is that a compliment? I think yes, you smell like a pineapple. <laughs> Do I? Do I you look do. like one? No, you don't look like a pineapple. Oh, okay. New hair products, Tom. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. You said something about unleashing the scrunch. Uh, I don't know what that means. Oh, I'm following the curly girl method of oh, okay. Tinterweb. The, cur- oh, the curly girl, right. Yeah. Cool. Sorry if you can smell me. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get on with it? Let's do it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Apparently, live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program, uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that's brilliant. Did you see brilliant. the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny thing? Yes, that was brilliant. Hello! Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 60 of the Real Reading Podcast. We've got the usual features, including Fact of the Week with Rach. Hello, Rach. Hello. And Fort Explains It All with Dave. Uh, Hugh. Lols. <laughs> 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 Excellent joke, Tom. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, um, which this week, Hugh, is all about... The slightly controversial subject of councillors' allowances. Oh. How much council money the councillors get for being councillors. Great. Okay, I look forward to a healthy debate about that. Okay, you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Uh, and in the meantime, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, I think I spotted him again. Oh, did you? Mm. We need to get some but pics. When you need to show me exactly what he looks like because I, it's a bit like, where's Wally? I'm just looking <laughs> for him all the time. <laughs> it's not a very nice thing to say about Jeremy. <laughs> I'm not calling Jeremy a Wally. He he does look he does look a bit like Where's Wally might look if Where's Wally became a middle aged man. Would you not think, Jeremy? He's got glasses and grey hair and I mean is I, that sort of I suppose. Guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're painting a picture for the listeners, but um I suppose he because obviously because he's an actor, yeah. um he does he's a very nice man, but he does the baddie. I imagine he's a very good baddie. Oh, he's probably pretty evil, yeah. Yeah, he's got but sort of slight eyebrows and... He, you can't tell he's an actor because he doesn't wear a cravat. Yes. Actors well, he may. Or wear cravats. He may, just not in work time. Is he uh, theatre? Uh, or theater, TV? Yes. What do, a thespian? Is he a thespian I or believe a so, TV yes. actor? A th- I don't know why I'm... I suddenly <laughs> developed a lisp. He is a thespian. So, um... We had something to talk about, which I've scratched off because you guys decided we wanted to talk about something else, mm. which is the After Dark and the After Dark petition. We talked about the After Dark quite a lot on the podcast. We were all regulars at the After Dark, and I think we probably think that that's part of the problem, that we all were regulars at the After Dark. But um, it's been a bit of big news this week, Hugh. Yes, I'd just like to say that regulars is quite a generous description of my my life in the after dark. I have been there before, more okay. than once, but I, I did not ever go there regularly. I haven't been anywhere in Tom and in I Reading. were there we were most, most weeks. Yeah, quite often. Yeah, most I haven't weeks. been anywhere in Reading regularly for about for at least 15 years. So. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, so what's Fine. the news? 
Um, the news is the After Dark has lost its license for for noise complaints and also violence. Sorry, what I mean is violence. what license has it lost? To kill? Uh, it's premises license, so okay. it, it can't op- it means it can't open. Oh. So effective immediately. Effective immediately, however, the owner has said he will appeal, which means it can open until the appeal is heard by a magistrate's court, which is right. normally quite a long time. Okay. So, so the the council um brought the owner um in front of the licensing committee after quite a long period of complaints about noise from a single family living nearby. Um, oh, what, the family that moved in near a nightclub? That one? Yes, the family. Oh, that, right. Just checking. Yes. <laughs> well, no one knows where it is, so how are you supposed to know mm. whether you're moving in next to a nightclub or not? Because it's legendary. Uh, true. It is in the title. Mm. Um, nothing is known about this family, so I would, I would urge caution in... Cri- criticising them too much. I didn't criticise, I just clarified. No, but there's there's no indication where they did actually, whether they did know that they moved into, next to a nightclub or not. I, I, I don't want to get into that, really. Um, they've complained about the noise on a number of occasions. Um, and there was also what was called a brawl which spilled into the street, which the police weren't very happy about in, I think, November lo- last year. Um, and... The noise issue has been going on and on and on, and they've been told to do things by the council. Apparently, that hasn't been done. There's also evidence that they weren't closing at the time they should have closed. Um, and the council essentially told the owner, uh, it's a very nice man called uh, Z, um, that they had no confidence in the fact that he could t- do what he was supposed to do as the owner of the club um, and improve the soundproofing, make sure the music wasn't played too loudly and closing on top. I thought that you went there a month or so ago and they were doing the soundproofing. They They are doing it, yes, yes, he told me. Ceiling down and... Yes, work was going on, but he said it was, was, at the time, it it wouldn't be done until October. Um, He presented this evidence to the council, apparently. I didn't go to the meeting, but um, one of our other LDR reporters did. And this was presented to the council as to say we are doing something about this but the council and the police um, weren't happy with how things have progressed over because it, I think the complaint started in 2017 so there's been sort of two years of what they deem to be inactivity so it has been stripped of its licence which currently means before the appeal it can't the premises licence is removed so it can't sell alcohol can't play music can't open to the it can't open essentially so once the appeal is lodged, it, it can, and things will return to normal. Um, if there are more complaints during that time, then that will go against them. So how much it opens and what they do will have to be remain to be seen. But um, the... I wonder what they're doing there differently to... I mean, what's the, the chap that ran it? Nick Neil? Neil? Neil Richards, is that yeah. his name? That's... So he obviously ran it for a long, long time, yeah. very successfully. Yeah. Um, I just wonder what is so different about it now that it's yeah. getting these complaints. And... The the council papers very much stressed that the complaints had started since the new management had taken over, which suggests something changed. But they didn't change the fabric of the building. Like no. The noise pollution... No, that's true. ...can't have changed significantly. Yeah, that is true. And um, one fight... 
why you this look this at is the, what people are saying. Look at the yeah. premises in the town centre. It's, I'm sure that's one a week. <laughs> yes, this is what so, people have been saying on Facebook, and um, there was one fight, and no one no one was injured. Um, but the, police, the the problem is where it is in London Street. It means if there's a if there's a large scale violent incident there, everyone, all the police from the town centre have to come and deal with it in London Street, which is is a slight issue in terms of police resources. That's is, a that's a much wider issue than than the after dark. The, you know. the, the part of it where they say no one got injured, I don't think that that's neither here nor there. There was a fight. Yeah. Whether someone got injured or not. Yeah. There was a fight, but at the same time, one fight. Does but feel that a is bit... a shame that that happened at all because part yeah. of the appeal of the After Dark when we for, were going very us, regularly yeah. Yeah. is that yeah. it was a very friendly... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say safe. We didn't go there because it was safe. No. But you, you knew it's that incredibly... you'd never see trouble there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very unthreatening and it's yeah. very... Yeah, as as, a, as a non-drinker, it's the sort of place that I... There's many places in Reading I just wouldn't go to at all because they are... Even when I stopped drinking ten years ago, when I still used to occasionally venture into town at night, there were some places which felt thoroughly uh, intimidating, and there are some places which didn't. And the after dark was very much one which didn't. Um, So it's unfortunate um, this, and certainly there's this thing. There is this thing with the after dark where everyone says they loves it, love it, but there's no, no not that much evidence that that loads and loads of people go go there yeah the um he every time i see the owner he says we've got to get more people in we've got to do this we've got to do that we've got to expand in the community and start being more than just an old old-fashioned nightclub so whether it's a case of people actually liking the idea of the after dark club more than actually going to the after dark club i don't know but um it to me i don't I've, i'm involved in this so i need to be a little bit careful about giving too many opinions but I think it's the noise, the noise issue, and the lack of action over the noise, rather than this one, this one brawl. The brawl has been deemed a problem by the police. I mean, the police noise issues aren't to do with the police; it's to do with the council. It's a, it's a council issue. But he, you know, they say that um, we can't go to a mass brawl at, at a club um, that diverts resources from the town centre. Which, you know, it's like we can't go to this fight because we're dealing with all these other fights. <laughs> And what so, do you think of the cynics view that I've seen all over Facebook is that it's been kind of orchestrated perhaps because it is prime real estate for more flats? Uh, yes. Because uh, there's not enough of those I, yeah. in Reading at the moment. <laughs> I would say, I'd counter that by saying that it, there have been two attempts to um, turn it into flats, both of which have been completely thrown out by Reading Borough Council on on numerous grounds basically they hated the application um also that area of town there are numerous bits of protect including one of the walls of the nightclub i think is protected as part of the old huntley and palmer biscuit factory um is it the sweaty wall that it's that one on on the left as you go (laughs) in smell custard creams (laughs) i don't know if huntley and palmer's made custard, custard creams but they made cheese logs oh okay well well there we go that smells of that's why it smells of cheese Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been suggested to me. It's been suggested to me that it's going to be very, very difficult to build anything in place of the After Dark Club. So that that view is out there, and there are definitely have been definitely plans to shut the nightclub and rebuild on it. However, that is not proved easy due to the logistics of the operation. Absolutely. Rather, so surely it's sort of in the middle of. 
It's in the middle. Yeah, there's I've lots of protect, protected. There's, they were. Like, I forget. I forget the exact reason, but there were loads of them. The council hated the, both the applications, um, and threw them out. And there hasn't been one since in the last two years. So. Mm-hmm. He, he mentioned, the owner mentioned to me, I've been to see him a few times, he always mentions to me that that is something that, that may not have totally gone away, but as it stands, that um, it's proving very tricky to, to get anything that the, the council is happy with. Um, so that's the state of affairs, and we just have to wait and see what the, the appeal will be held in, in, in Reading Magistrates Court in a, well, I don't, I don't know the exact time, but certainly the ones I've seen have been around five, six months after the decision. So it will it will reopen. Absolutely. We need to just stress that it will it will reopen for the time being. Okay, but it could. So we ought to get down there to see. Probably should one last time. If the appeal is upheld, kind of red stripe for the road. Oh hello. If the appeal is upheld in the court, then who knows what what will happen to in the future? Because that means it will have to shut. So and you know then he has to reapply to the council and produce enormous amounts of evidence to say we've done all the soundproofing, we, we're aware of everything that we need to do, um, yada, yada, yada. So they have okay. to start sad. again. Virtually. It's, it's very sad. And you're right, there is people like me that are very nostalgic about it, but the thought of going clubbing until two in the morning <laughs> and then three o'clock by the time you've got home via the kebab yeah, shop and yeah. then getting up at perhaps six half six with a three-year-old it just doesn't yeah appeal anymore so yeah there's a lot of people in my boat probably okay thanks guys uh time for fact of the week reading fact of the week Time for our fact of the week from the book Around Reading in 99 or so facts. Rachie, what oh, do you have? The legendary book. Have you researched for us again? Yeah, I know. I'm, I did this yesterday, prep. Wow, okay. So I'm going to do it, I'm going to give a bit of background first okay. and then I'll give my fact. Do some, let's have some background. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a guy called Alfred Waterhouse. Do you know him? It rings a bell. No. Oh, don't ruin, don't ruin my surprise, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so this chap, uh, he was born up in Liverpool in 1830 into a successful family. So his brother Edwin is uh, Edwin Warthouse of Price Warthouse Cooper. Oh, really? And um, his other brother Theodore went on to open a very successful law firm in the city. But um, Alfred himself became an architect. And if you Google him... He is responsible for lots and lots and lots and lots of buildings around the country. But he came to live in Reading in 1860. Why get, are you smirking at me? Because you, when you read out... Is it because I've done research, which is something no, it's you because, never did with No, it's this. because when you read out Alfred Edwin Theodore, <laughs> I started the thinking of the chipmunks. <laughs> That's Alvin. I know, yeah, but it's, it's quite similar. Carry, carry on. Okay. So this guy came to live in Reading in 1860, uh, and he died in Yattenden um, many years later. But he is responsible for building or designing lots of buildings in the town. So there's Fox Hill House at the university, Reading School he designed, Reading Town Hall. Oh, right. Obviously a very... A classic. A classic. Um, But he was also responsible for designing uh, Manchester Town Hall. 
Oh, my sister. Okay. Manchester being my, my second sister got home. married there. Did so did my friend Gordy and Jerry. Yeah. No, she didn't. I've been to a wedding there. Oh. We've been to a yes, wedding. Yes, Mike there. and Alice. Yeah, Mike and Alice. Ah. It was the reception, not it their wedding. Because the wedding was out in Stirling Bridge. Oh, that's right, yeah, it was. Stirling Bridge. My sister used to work in Manchester Town Hall. That's what that's the uh, But it's a really cool yeah. gothic. Yeah. And you can kind yeah. of see the likeness it's as a well. Bit Harry think, Pottery, isn't it? It is. Oh, inside as well, mm. especially. Yeah. She said it's it was. Awesome. Yeah, she said it was. I think. I think they had to move out because she said that you'd be sitting at, at your desk and bits of the roof would fall off, and <laughs> fall onto oh, your good. desk. Oh, yeah. good. Slightly, slightly better than the office I'm about to head to in London, Lower Thames Street, where um, occasionally like rats fall from the ceiling. Nice. I've that's, heard stories of that. Lovely. Um, anyway, the reason I picked this one out is because he also designed Natural History Museum in London. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. That's Which, very that, cool. I mean, that is an awesome building. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. cool. So the same guy that designed that, designed Town Hall, big, big bits of the university. Um, and perhaps his biggest accolade uh, of all those achievements is that uh, on Princess Street in Manchester he has had a Weatherspoons named after him oh so I'm sure he'd be really chuffed with that yeah oh fantastic all his achievements oh once your name's on a spoons you've made it you know yeah (laughs) yeah there you go that's my fact that is an excellent fact well done you're very welcome that's fantastic I'm enjoying something new indeed I'm enjoying how you're like over elaborating on these, they're marvelous. Stretching out my yeah, bit, yeah. Might even be better than when I used to do it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> I think it is okay. Well, you, you did used to just read it out the yeah. book and then put and the book down, yeah, and then so. try and yeah, try and guess what, what that <laughs> well, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, and you're supposed to be the like the reporter or the researcher, yeah. Rage, right, I just think that, that you've, you've taken to it and you've just made it your own. Really, that's how I feel. The struggle, I've got to keep finding interesting yes. facts about Reading. That, that's my challenge. Yeah. So if anyone wants to kind of tweet one or whatever, hit, you with a fact. Uh, hit me with a fact. Rachel, do the, research. Rachel do the research. Mm. It's fine. Um, okay, thank you. That is the end of part one. We have some lovely little adverts coming up right now. Um, in part two, we will join... Hugh Fort for Fort Explains It All and a chat about councillors' allowances. This is Fort Explains It All. Hey Hugh, it's time for Fort Hello. Explains It All. We've had your jingle. Um, I'm just going to move the microphone slightly closer to you. There we go. Um, if you could do your very best to speak into it, that would be marvellous. <laughs> I've done this before. Well, I, yes, I, I know. That's the issue, really. All oh, right, okay. So have I. Nobody <laughs> could hear me. So, <laughs> so Hugh, um, councillors' expenses, what's going on? Allowances. Allowances, sorry. Let's be clear that councillors' allowances. What's the difference between allowances and expenses? Well, well council expenses are the same as your you and I's expenses right. so travel yeah. you know petrol that sort of thing uh, council's allowances are some of money that they are given to help them with their job of being a councillor okay it's quite a controversial subject um, in how much councillors how much what do you pu- mean a, like a salary or they're kind given of money like to spend on their it's kind of like a salary oh. it, it covers all the things they have to do um as a councillor, so so a councillor has 
a job it's essentially as well. their pay yeah so for example yeah, a lot um, of them do yeah Ash, councillor ashley pierce who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, well, a couple of months ago he is a school teacher and also a councillor for sorry ashley i know you listen to the podcast and i cannot for the life of me remember <laughs> which ward you are um Cool. So is it Whitley? Somewhere in Whitley, I think it is. It's really busy. Yeah, so he's. Job and... So when I was yeah when I was speaking to him, I said, you know, how much how much time do you spend? And and it's you know it's almost a full time second job. Wow. For, for them and, and he because he is also the lead uh, lead for education. Um, being a teacher, unsurprisingly, he's involved in the education side of things. So he's it was, a man who doesn't like to sit still. Correct. Yes, and and I think that seemed to be the same for a lot of the councillors that certainly. Uh, we were talking about anyway when I when I spoke to her. I can't remember what podcast that was on, but that was a couple of a couple of months ago now. Mm. Sorry, Hugh, carry on. Yeah, so, interrupting you. Sorry. That's okay. So, um, so the the this particular um, increase is for lead councillors. So, like Councillor Pierce, who's lead for education, yeah. um, they get they get extra money because they have a portfolio that they're in charge of and they, they essentially can take the rap for it if, if, if everything goes wrong and they're the ones to take all the criticism and answer all the questions and stuff like that. So it's more responsibility um, than the backbench councillors who get an allowance as well, but it's 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 lower. It's um, yeah. But the issue they've had in Reading is that their allowances have always been very, very, very low, far lower than anywhere else in Berkshire. Right, so... For example, at the moment, the leader of the council, Jason, who's just uh, Jason Brock, who's just taken over, he would get seven thousand and four pounds a year as his as his pay essentially for being the leader. If you compare that to Councillor Paul Betterson in Bracknell, a long good good chum of mine, long-standing contact of mine, who I know very well, he gets twenty-eight thousand nine hundred and fifty-four. Wow. For How being leader of Bracknell Council. But who decides what the amounts are? The council. Well, itself. they have something called an independent remuneration committee, which um, which sets the amounts. And Reading's has always been the lowest in Berkshire, but now this committee, after despite keep despite being the biggest town, it's the biggest town, but it's not the biggest borough. It's probably True. smaller. Oh, okay. Bracknell, uh, Wokingham, West Berkshire certainly. Not sure about Slough, Windsor and Mainhead, the two towns. It's massive. They're all massive, and they're all affluent. You know, they're much more affluent than Reading as well. Um, so yeah, Paul Betterson gets gets that much. So I think that's the highest in Berkshire for the leader. Yes, by absolute. Yeah, uh, the second, the leader of Windsor gets twenty four thousand four hundred twenty eight. So yes. That's a huge difference. It's an enormous difference, yeah. And um, so the lead councillors in Reading are all having their allowances um, hiked up considerably. Like Councillor Brock, the leader of Reading, is going to get a £12,842 increase. That's still 50%, over 50%. It sounds like an enormous amount, but um, it's to bring it in line with the lowest, the second lowest, which is West Berkshire. I believe, yeah, eighteen thousand eight hundred sixty-five by the leader of West Berkshire, which is again, again much bigger area, much more. So, so, so the, so the, so it's just the lead councillors. Yeah. The normal councillors' pay uh, is staying the same, um, but the lead councillors is. It seems like it's been kept too low or very, very low, and to bring it uh, there, this is a sort of. I guess this is going to be a sort of one-off 
increase, a big increase, um, to bring it in line, and then it will, I would guess, I'm not going to say this is definitely happened, it won't, it won't go up again for a good while, and they'll keep it. Can I have a wild guess, a wild stab at something? The reaction online to this, I suspect, has been pretty negative. A mix. Actually, right. some people were saying... You have to have extra, you have to be given money to be to be a counsellor. You you can't not be paid at all because if you think about it, it's so much extra time and it's it's there is there are additional costs. If if um, say people who were on a fairly normal salary like like you or I, yes, I'd like to be a counsellor. Do you get any financial um, help with it? No, I can't afford it. Yeah. Um, then the only people you'd ever get being counsellors are people who can afford it, and so in a place like Reading, you 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 know you'd have to the people you would have on the council would all be well very wealthy Either people, wealthy or retired, wealthy wealthy or retired people who don't who um, without without perhaps, to put words in your mouth, though, wealthy wealthy or retired doesn't give you much sort of diversity in terms of. Uh, in terms of kind of race or age or, or anything. Well, like exactly, that, yeah. You? I mean, we go, if you go back to Councillor Pierce, who represents Whitley, how many people of that uh, demographic live in Whitley would represent Whitley, a retired person with enough money not yeah. to have to receive a councillor's allowance in, in Whitley? Probably aren't that many that, of those people who live in that area. Um, so <laughs> this is the issue. So to get... A diverse range of people on the council. You have to you have to give them some sort of financial financial help, um, and that's why they've done it um, to bring it in line with the rest of Berkshire. Because yeah. Berkshire, as well, is not not a cheap, very much not a cheap place to, to no. live, <laughs> and um, you know, so that that's why they've done it. And like okay. I say, like I say, I think um, I think this will be one one big one off change, and then. It will stay the same again for many, many years. Um, and there was another point I was going to make as well. Yes, the 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 um, the portfolios. Yeah. So being in charge of something, basically, you take you are you oversee the whole department. So, for example, the the the, the example I would use is the head of children's services. Yeah, that's a huge responsibility. You're in charge of so children's social care. So how children are looked after in care. So you work closely with the people who run the department, who run the, the actual yeah. the company now, who, you know, and it's a huge responsibility to to run that and you take the rap for things when things go wrong and it's an enormous, it's very stressful, I would guess, being, being in that particular role. Um, so, you know, these people give up so much of their time to do these, these jobs, then... They have to be. Um, they have to be helped financially to do that. I think, and uh, quite clearly, this massive, inc- this very large increase, these allowances are, are too low. I, I do think. you think the increase will make it a more appealing thing for more people to want to? Well, to do potentially, but too, it's very. It's not very common for people, like say. I was to stand for account to become a councillor. If I was then elected, I wouldn't expect to become a portfolio holder for a 
a specialist area. That's something you do after after yeah. a couple of elections and stuff like that. You've got to learn the ropes of being a councillor. Yeah. So, so the basic okay. allowance is is there for people who are you know new to the council or happy to stay on the back the back bench, just working in their area, working very hard for their area, but they don't necessarily want the extra responsibilities. You'd love of, doing that, wouldn't you? Me? Hasn't that ever been on your radar? No. You love the council, though. I love the council, You're but I don't. The I, council. It's because we make him do a feature on it every week. <laughs> I, I'm interested in local politics, but I wouldn't want to become. I don't want to become part of local politics. If you see what I mean? I'd like to keep an arms an arms length, and also I don't really fancy the idea of having essentially two full time jobs. <laughs> I love my struggle. I love my time. I probably wouldn't be able to play cricket every week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, that was Fort explains it all for this week. Uh, any questions on that or any comments please do let us know um, in the meantime it's time for the random question the random question uh, I think it's probably Hugh's turn this week because yeah. you did it last week I did I'm not going to sing oh. Just to what if it clear. says you must sing no one will ever know <laughs> where's the question <laughs> It's there. It's definitely questions. I hope it's not oh, about blimey. your first album. Yeah. First yeah. CD. What was the first thing? No. <laughs> if you could bring one thing from another town or city to Reading, what would it be? Oh, we're back to the bowling alley. Ah. Oh. Um, okay, let me have a think. Like a, a shopping street of more independent stuff. Oh, like Winchester. Um, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, because I mean we've talked about it lots of times that Reading is a, a high street yes. town, isn't it? And there are odd um independents dotted around which are awesome, but if we had some like a little you know, like if Smelly Alley Oh rises again, yes, that would be great. Again. Instead of just phone shops. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a phone? Smelly Not Alley. Yeah. Phone alley. Yeah, because when, I mean, when I was a teenager, it did used to be a bit more like that. We used to go to Strawberry Fields right. and get our tie-dye clothes, because <laughs> that was what was... Well, we thought that's what was cool <laughs> in the 90s. Um, yeah, a bit more independent yeah. stuff. Hugh, any thoughts? Uh, the thought I had was a really, really good swimming pool. Okay. Like an Olympic yeah. standard yeah. swimming pool. 50 metre, perhaps. Perhaps 50 metre, perhaps, or just a really, really good, which which is on the way, I know, but we haven't got it at the moment. Yeah. If, if we Where is it going? Is it on the old central uh, side? Palmer Park. Oh, okay. And, and near Rivermead. They're going to have a proper, because we're Rivermead. Oh, gonna, I know they've got the temporary one there, haven't they, at the minute? Yeah. So next, yeah, land at Rivermead is what they say. So they're oh okay. So that's where the two pools are going to go. So, so that's one thing I would like the, to see. Well, Rich will be happy about that. He loves to swim. The other thing I like to see, which we have at the moment, but is going, is a Premiership Rugby Club. Yeah. Once they go, I would think it'd be a really good thing. I know the Reading, Reading FC fans will hate me for saying this, but <laughs> to get another another rugby club to come and play, yeah. the third rugby club, yeah. professional rugby club to come and play in Reading would be really good for the town, I think. We, but of course, this will stop Reading playing the Barcelona style football <laughs> that they've been denied over the years due to the due to the apparent state of the pitch. But but um, 
I think I'd rather see a rugby club. Sort of entertain. En- I mean, it's mostly sort of entertainment, wise, isn't it? The, the I was looking nostalgic about the speedway and the dog. Not that I went to the speedway, but I did go to the to oh, Smallweed for the dog uh, racing. Oh, I went to the dog racing. That, you know that sort of thing. Some sort of ice rink. Um, but I think the the thing for me was the way back uh, on our first episode, Hugh. Do you remember we were chatting about? Well, it was just the, me and you. Yeah, it was just <laughs> you and me chatting for an hour. Yeah. Should no, we do a podcast? All yeah. right. <laughs> no real thought to what it was, but um, they were going to bring the container village in. Do you remember? Oh, the, uh, behind like the, in Bristol. Yeah. yeah, like in Bristol, behind yeah, the Broad Street Mall. Really, so that would go with what I said. Yes, that sort you of have a container village of independent retailers. That would be amazing. I think. I think we pointed out at the time that um, the, the main issue and the, the thing was that it didn't have a, a, a an alcohol license, or they, they yeah, weren't coming for the an alcohol police weren't keen. It's, and the that, police weren't keen on it because there was too. It was, yeah. it was. It would be too hard to. There'd be too many nooks and crannies, especially I, for people I, to get up to mischief in. From any, any time I've been to anything like that, it, it's not the sort of place where mischief happens. No, but at the same time, I do understand it. But I think as soon down as by the biscuit tin, that would well, either either down there, that's all going to be um, shiny office blocks, which is another thing that we really need. Great. Um, but yeah, the. the, the Behind the Broad Street Mall, that was where it was going to be, wasn't it? This sort of big container village, which where the council used to be. I think so. Bit. Yeah, and yeah, that, down there. Yeah, it was going to be. But as soon as Further this down. idea of not having an alcohol license, you just kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen. It, it, it just that, the whole point of it is to have nice little places, and and some of them would be cafes, Street and some of them, food yeah, all that and, kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I would have liked. But there we go. I'm gentrifying Reading. Yeah, I wonder if they. I mean. It didn't look like they had those kind of problems in Bristol when we went no, to the world. No, no, no. Okay. That, that, that yeah. is a great idea. Thank you. Fact, it's not I mine. I want a container. I, I want a container. Wouldn't be that surprised if something like that emerged eventually, with that, that whole area is getting rede- yeah. redeveloped and um, having something like that within whatever they planned is entirely possible. Thanks, guys. Um, great week again, as ever. Um, if anybody would like to get in touch with us, here's Jeremy. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town. and Most importantly, they must love Reading. Uh, that's all for now. We will speak to you again in a week's time. Bye! Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Watched that program uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4. Yes, that's brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.